G'day, it's Phil Edwards, Vision CEO here, with a quick invitation to become part of this amazing beacon of hope called Vision. Together we can put our love into action to help people of all kinds build or rebuild their lives on the truth of God. Please consider the part you can play during our upcoming Visionathon appeal, remembering that it's your support that makes Vision possible, including this podcast. Life, Culture and Current Events from a Biblical Perspective, 2020 on Vision. Well, as we do on a Thursday, always good to catch up with Family Voice Australia. Greg Bondar is the State Director for New South Wales and ACT for Family Voice. He's the spokesperson for Family Voice Australia. Greg, welcome back to 2020. Good morning, Neil, and thank you for having me on again. Greg, let's come to this issue of free speech in Australia. Uh, We talk about this frequently with a number of different guests and commentators. We know that there is a threat. Uh, Free speech, though, in peril. These are your words in the state of Queensland uh, with with Drew Pavlou and the case that uh, he's had uh, running with Queensland University, the University of Queensland. What are are your thoughts around what's happened here? Um, Now, this issue involving Drew Pavlow has to be one of the greatest threats to our freedom of speech in Australia that we have seen. Now last year, or you know, we saw the Israel Falau case, uh, now we have uh, an individual student underdoing his, undertaking his studies who decides to do a protest, a peaceful protest last year, uh, supporting the Hong Kong democracy protest, and all of a sudden the university has decided to charge Drew with 11 offences, a lot of them trivial, and have ordered, and ordered him to a disciplinary hearing on May 20th of this year. Essentially, Neil, the situation is that free speech has now been stifled, it's been trampled by all Ordinary Australians, now I don't know whether Drew is a Christian or not, that is irrelevant at this point. What is relevant, Neil, is that our freedom of speech has been stifled again. And we only have to look at Peter Ridd from the university uh, in Townsville, James Cook, where he was criticising the Great Barrier Reef research, which was flawed, um, and he got dismissed Interestingly, he won the case and was reinstated. But the point is that our freedom of speech, Neil, is under attack and we need to speak up, both as Christians and Australians. So the fact of Drew Pavlou's expulsion from the university, uh, really this is something and it would appear to be an intimidation uh, that's coming from the university because of the pressure that's coming from China and the money that's be, being received uh, by Australian universities. And that's not just the University of Queensland here, but, but one case like this, intimidation of a student, uh, puts everybody else off speaking out against communist China. Oh, absolutely, Neil. I mean, just out of interest, you should be aware that Drew, who was protesting peacefully, was attacked at the protest. He was kicked. He was knocked to the ground received death threats, and then the Chinese Consul General issues a statement saying, well done to all those who have been patriotic to the Chinese. I mean, really, we need to look at this objectively, and if we in Australia cannot speak freely 
that we're in the wrong country. So, yes, it is intimidation of the highest order now. And from what I understand, uh, Queensland University hasn't taken any action against those who attacked Drew Pavlou. Is that the case in your understanding? Absolutely no action at all against those people. And um, you can understand why, because Chinese students are are very high-paying students. And in that regard, the university is more interested in its pocket, uh, its income, rather than the freedom of speech of, of Australians. And the point is, Neil, that when I went to university, it was a place where you could express yourself freely, whether you were Christian, Buddhist, Buddhist or whether you were a communist, whether you were a, a, a Democrat, whether you were a Republican, you could express yourself. That has now been stifled. And it always seems to be stifled when it comes from the conservative, Christian, uh, av- average Australian uh, and really Neil this has gone too far we need to stand up. Interestingly we talk about religious freedom and sometimes people think that is just relegated to people who come from a church background and uh, you know they're just uh, you know playing around on the edges uh, trying to be free but this is an interesting development, isn't it? Because mm-hmm. when we talk about the freedoms of all Australians being dependent on religious freedom, this actually elevates the idea of of uh, of continuing the battle of to for religious freedom because it has impact on all these other freedoms, Greg. Yeah, well, it, it, it's not just religious freedom, though, Neil. I mean, as I said, Dr. Peter Reid, University, James Cook University, spoke at a, against the research undertaken by his colleagues, the Great Barrier Reef, who were all in favour of climate change. Peter Reid, Peter Reid said, your research is flawed, you're, you're, you're skewing the, the results to favour climate change. What, are they, what does the university do? They sack him. So whether it's a Christian, secular... Freedom of speech is being stifled, and and we've got examples, you know, time after time. And it's in our universities, and this is one of the major challenges, no doubt, for the future, Greg, is to mm-hmm. how the freedom of speech in universities is re-established. Any thoughts along the lines of uh, of what needs to be done to ensure that there is opportunity for people to be able to speak freely on university campuses? Yeah, look, I'm a great believer, Neil, in um, the average Australian mum and dad contacting universities, contacting the Vice-Chancellor and saying to them, this is a place of learning, of free speech. Allow it, please. And not only that, I think we also need to... We need to write to every parliamentarian that we know of uh, because, as I said earlier, our freedom of speech is in peril, it's at risk, it's being stifled... And what are we doing about it? Nothing as Christians. However, if the free speech relates to climate change or whether it relates to uh, pro-communist issues or whatever else it might be, it's allowed. There's a real uh, issue here in terms of what is and what is not allowed on a university campuses these days. Well, there's deep issues, aren't there, Uh, so far as uh, pro-communist issues, and it does seem to be 
uh, in those Labor states that are most prominent and Queensland mm. and Victoria right now with their Belt and Road initiatives and all of the controversies mm. around Daniel Andrews there. So uh, is- issues here, uh, Labor states and communism, uh, you know, uh, is it uh, is it digging too deep? Uh, is it getting too close to the bone to, to suggest that there's a real link here? Well, no, look, as I said, look, Family Voice is a, an apolitical organisation and we speak purely from an issues point of view. But that said, one only has to look at the actions of Daniel Andrews in Victoria, pro-left, highly motivated by, um, as you said, external forces such as the communist Chinese. Um, You look at Queensland, the same situation here with universities. And of course, we'll get on to uh, Anastasia Palaszczuk, um, where where again, uh, they are being dominated by the pro-left progressive uh, movement and we need to look for a countervailing force to address these issues now. Okay, let's talk about Anastasia Palaszczuk, the Queensland Premier, and uh, she made an announcement a week or two ago taking euthanasia off the agenda before the upcoming state election. What are your thoughts on what that might mean? I I mean, some will say, well, I'm relieved that it's off the agenda. It's not going through the parliament before an election, but then it's still on the Labor Party platform. What are your thoughts here? Now, look, having been in politics when I worked at at Canberra, at Parliament House there as as an advisor to a senior minister, I have to tell you that this is one of the greatest card shuffling tactics I have ever seen. What's happened is that the, the proposed legislation has been taken off the agenda for the time being, referred to a parliamentary health committee and referred to also the, 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 uh, to, to, to another committee uh, in terms of having a look at it, the Queensland Law Reform Commission to have a look at it. And then the results will come out after the election because what she's really doing is she hasn't got the courage of her convictions to allow the legislation to be put up because it's an election, as you know, Saturday 31st of October. So she has been very cunning, very political and totally misleading in her uh, intentions on the uh, euthanasia um, assisted suicide legislation. And every Queenslander should be up in arms against uh, about this issue. And, of course, the answer in response to, well, what do you do? Uh, The idea of uh, a world-class palliative care system in place, and this is obviously needed in all states right around Australia, but, uh, but this is the alternative that Christians tend to argue because we want to preserve life. Uh, we want to be able to make it comfortable for people who are going through uh, those end-of-life issues. But uh, what are your thoughts here on the need for upgrading our palliative care systems? Look, Neil, I think you are 100% correct. I think palliative care is one of the major issues. It has to be the, 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 the real solution. But it doesn't come just from us as family voice. It comes from other organisations. The, the Australian Medical Association back in 2006 signed a declaration in Geneva confirming the medical profession's commitment to the 2,500-year-old Hippocratic Oath. In other words, to preserve life. The Christian Medical and Dental Fellowship of Australia also confirmed that its members, being Christian doctors, have a moral opposition to both euthanasia 
and physician-assisted suicide because it has been part of our Hippocratic uh, and Judeo-Christian tradition for many years, Neil. And why is it all of a sudden? Why is it all of a sudden permissible? Because you've got these left-wing progressive uh, organisations getting into the ear of politicians and telling them it's okay to kill the unborn. Well, it's not, Neil. Well, Greg, the cat's out of the bag in places like Victoria and also in Western Australia. And uh, some people will be saying, well, the Queensland will just be waiting in the wings and uh, and when uh, Palaszczuk has returned at the state election, uh, then it'll be on the agenda, it'll be on the table, it'll be passed in Queensland. So uh, what are your thoughts for how listeners to our conversation today ought to be uh, taking any sort of action here? How do you do that? Neil, it's quite simple. I urge Every Queenslander, every Queenslander who is concerned about assisted uh, suicide, euthanasia, to write to their local member say, what is your position on euthanasia and assisted suicide being introduced? Now, not everyone will agree with what we're saying, but we are committed to the preservation of life. That is a given. And biblically and morally, that's the way it should be. Palliative care is the answer. So can I urge your listeners, please, Neil, to write to your local member, write to the Premier and say, what is your position before we cast our vote? And in point of fact, in point of fact, we've got a campaign that we'll be looking at called How in God's Name Should I Vote? Well, in my view, let your conscience and the Bible be the guide. Okay, be prayerful about that. And uh, talking of prayer, there's another big thing that's been happening and it's come to light that the coronavirus pandemic has resulted in a huge rise in online searches for prayer. What is your understanding about what's been going on? Oh, Neil, this is fascinating. I think a couple of weeks ago we sort of alluded to this um, uh, very quickly, but uh, Google data indicates that the the people using online prayer and worship to cope with COVID-19 has had a dramatic increase in more so than uh, during Christmas time, Easter or Ramadan, and the searches for prayer rose to a record level in mid-March of this year because of the the, the stress, the, the, the worry and the concern that COVID-19 presented to all of us worldwide. Okay, well it is a global phenomenon. People are Googling, what do I do to pray? And uh, always good to get your insights, Greg. I want to say thank you so much for taking some time to share them with us this morning. I do want to point people to the website for Family Voice Australia. Simply go to familyvoice.org.au, familyvoice.org.au. And as Greg said, there's a number of initiatives, and undoubtedly there'll be all sorts of initiatives coming up as the issues become heated uh, in states like Queensland or in the Northern Territory where there is elections looming. Greg Bondar, thanks so much for being part of 2020 today. Thank you, Neil, and God bless. Thanks for taking time to listen to this audio on demand from Vision Christian Media. To find out more about us, go to vision.org.au. 